It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. With 2023 officially in the books, let's look at some ideal targets and who's available in free agency at offensive and defensive tackle. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Today, we dive into a couple of positions in free agency, taking a look at who's available, at least who the top guys available are, and who some of the better fits might be for the Cincinnati Bengals at right tackle and at defensive tackle. Two positions we'll surely be talking about quite a bit between now and that first week of the new league year. You can find this podcast on YouTube, anywhere you get your podcasts. We come in every day by subscribing, not missing an episode. We appreciate all of you who do those things. really helps out the podcast. And if you're really interested in getting involved with James and myself in the Lockdown Bengals podcast community, you can join the insider community at joinsubtext.com slash Bengals, where you'll be able to text directly with James and myself and get First looks at some insider takes and and breaking news sorts of things that we'll put out through that avenue. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more and get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet at FanDuel.com slash LockedUp. James, as we take a look at some free agent targets, we start with an offensive tackle hitting free agency who is pandering to Bengals fans on social media a little bit perhaps. What do you make of Jermaine Illuminor's recent social media takes that seem to point towards Cincinnati? Well, they certainly do feel like, uh, you know, that his thoughts align with a lot of Bengals fans and, and certainly our listeners. And the first one he tweeted back on January 29th uh, after the Chiefs uh, clinched their Super Bowl berth and won the AFC, he said, you can call me a hater. I don't care. I don't like the Chiefs at all. We beat them this year. Yeah, cool. But I want to beat them when it matters. Don't care who comments on this. Players, fans, I don't care. Congrats to them for making another Super Bowl. But I hope I get the opportunity to beat you when it matters. And why is that relevant to the Bengals? Well, Joe Burrow is the only active quarterback to beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. The only other quarterback that's done that is Tom Brady, who's preparing for a career at Fox. So there's one. And then when Burrow was getting just dragged by this idiot on TikTok, and it was going viral, even though he really didn't know what he was talking about. Jermaine responded on Twitter saying, quote, look, y'all, don't take this the wrong way. For some reason, I keep seeing Burrow slander on my timeline. People keep hating when, honestly, Burrow and Mahomes are the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Also, he completely turned the franchise around, but I guess when you're nice AF to people, forget about the bad times. Or when you're nice as AF, People forget about the bad times. Also, the whole system QB thing is stupid. Stop it. Point is, Jermaine Illuminor could easily, at least logically, fit 
in with you right now listening or watching. If you hate the Chiefs, most Bengals fans do. It's the best rivalry in the NFL for my money. And two, if you believe in Burrow, this is locked on Bengals slash locked on Burrow because Joe Burrow's the franchise, like he said. So uh, those two tweets, along with the Willie Anderson Hall of Fame tweet, combine that together and the fact that Jonah Williams is set to become a free agent, Jake. And Jermaine Illuminar, a right tackle, a veteran, makes a decent amount of sense for Cincinnati. The guy that we talked about last year is a potential target before, of course, they go out and sign Orlando Brown to play left tackle, a guy we talked about as a, a guy that would fit from a budgetary perspective, a guy who seemed to be having a relatively late, because he was 28, out uh, breakout year where he took a big step up as he got a lot of playing time for the Raiders in 2022 and continued for the most part, more or less that level of play in 2023, the PFF grade down a little bit, but still acquitting himself as a slightly above average tackle has played, I believe both sides and the, the Willie Anderson tweet, like you mentioned, Willie is one of the best right tackles to ever play the game. The committee needs to stop playing. He belongs in Canton. This was after the award ceremony on February 9th, when the five guys who made the Hall of Fame, the 10 guys who didn't make the Hall of Fame were announced out of the modern class. And so Illuminor, you got the Joe Burrow stuff. You got the beat the Chiefs when it matters tweet. You got the Willie Anderson best right tackle, one of the best right tackles to ever play the game tweet. Clearly open to the idea of playing for Cincinnati. Clearly some respect for the organization in Cincinnati holds Joe Burrow in high esteem and obviously knows the history. You know, talking about lifting up the franchise, he knows what Joe Burrow did for Cincinnati. And if he knows what Joe Burrow did for Cincinnati, you can bet that he also knows what Cincinnati did to Kansas City a couple of AFC Championship games ago when Patrick Mahomes didn't go to the Super Bowl that one time. So... and the other part of this, it's simple. The Bengals, if, if I'm a right tackle in the NFL set to be a free agent, is there a more attractive landing spot than Cincinnati? I don't know. I'm not studying every single right tackle and who's going to potentially hit free agency uh, among these contending teams. Uh, Jawan Taylor's in Kansas City, so that's not happening for Jermaine Illuminor. He just said he wants to beat Kansas City. Is there a team that you could join to, to be that that thorn in the side of this, this chief's dynasty that everyone's saying is, is among us now where they're going to win every year. I, I don't think so. So it makes a ton of sense. And I think when you, you discuss, and when we discuss all of these free agent, right tackles, we should hand in hand discuss the 18th pick in draft plans. I don't think Jermaine Illuminor is going to cost enough to completely disrupt what the Bengals do in the draft. You could take him but I still think you could address right tackle or offensive tackle in general at the 18th pick, right? In the 18th spot or in round two or round three and feel fine with it. I do think he's good enough to where you don't feel obligated to force it at 18 if the right offensive tackle isn't available. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and that's what we're going to be talking about when we look at the right tackle options from you know, Tyron Smith, who's had injury issues, but is clearly the most talented player to hit free agency to guys like Mike and Wenu, who and Jonah Williams look set to be the top of the tackle market period and both have experience playing right tackle, of course. And 
Both, I think, are unlikely fits for the Cincinnati Bengals for different reasons, although I would be interested in Mwenu, and we'll talk about that. We're going to be looking at it with the perspective of how does that affect the Bengals' long-term outlook? Because one thing that was discussed when Ted Karras was signed was, you know, he's brought in to play center. There's a lot of conversation that offseason about, well, he has the flexibility to play guard as well, but the team always planned on playing him at center. And he hasn't really been challenged, right, at any point. Not saying that he should be challenged or they desperately need to bring in center competition. But when you sign a guy like Ted Karras, that contract should not have necessarily precluded the Bengals from going after a center if they thought he was going to be much better, right? And the positional flexibility there should have meant, well, we can move Karras to guard if we need to, mm-hmm. or we could draft a guy who, who maybe could also play guard and, and they can move around as we need. But maybe the Bengals don't have that flexibility. Maybe they do now have that flexibility, obviously signing Orlando Brown, a guy they held in high esteem caused them to move Jonah Williams to right tackle. So maybe that is still something possible if they, if they held the guy in high enough regard, but that is something that we'll have to think about when we look at these right tackle options and get through the list. As you said, James, how it impacts their draft plans or interacts with their draft plans. And that's why for those that say, all right, we'll just go spend the most at right tackle and get the the, the dude, Michael and Wynn, go get him. Well, it's more complex than that because it does impact how they marry the draft of free agency and how they build the team, not just uh, for this season, but beyond. So let's take a, a closer look at that. What, they could do in free agency, how it could potentially impact their draft plans as well in the trenches coming up next. Today's episode of Locked On Bengals is sponsored by FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers will get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 bonus bucks if your bet wins. Right now, the NBA is the most active sport to bet on for most of our listeners, I would I would wager if, if there were odds on that, I would take them. They've got quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. If you want to get in on NFL draft futures, the only one on FanDuel right now that involves the Cincinnati Bengals is the team with odds to draft Brock Bowers, the Bengals of plus 1100 there, which is tied for fifth with the New Orleans Saints for highest odds to draft Brock Bowers. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Today's show is also brought to you by Schultz Jewelers. Schultz Jewelers is where you need to go. And if you're hearing this and it's already Valentine's Day, well, there's still time. Drive over to Schultz Jewelers right now because Matt and his team will be able to find the perfect last-minute gift for you to give to her so you can pretend like you've had it planned out all along. Where are they located? They're at 2202 Dixie Highway in Fort Mitchell, just five minutes from the bridge into Kentucky. And they have everything from lab-grown diamonds to, well, let's just put it out there. For the planners out there that already have their Valentine's Day gifts, if you're looking for that perfect diamond for her to pop the question later this year, well, you can find that. And they can put together that custom piece for you. Matt is a diehard Bengals fan. We are big fans of Schultz Jewelers and you will be too. All you have to do is go to Schultz Jewelers or SchultzDiamonds.com or check out Schultz Jewelers again at 2202 Dixie Highway in Fort Mitchell. 
We know the Bengals strive for perfection. Schultz Jewelers does too, because when it has to be perfect, it has to be Schultz Jewelers. We're going to start with right tackle when we sort through some free agent options at these positions. And like I said, James, at the top, in terms of performance, in terms of career, there's 33-year-old Tyron Smith, career Dallas Cowboy, who has dealt with injuries in recent history, but I would say is inarguably the best tackle available in this free agent market and perhaps one of the longer shots for the Bengals to sign. I mean, that's a career well, left tackle for one. And that's that's the element that would be surprising. If you're Tyron Smith at this stage, you're switching, you're switching spots, left tackle still premium. So I, that's my hang-up. As far, like if, if he was a career right tackle, I think we could have a conversation, and an interesting one, about the idea of going and getting him on a short-term deal. But I think getting him to switch positions makes it pretty unrealistic. Yeah, to say the least. <laughs> he said, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> to say the least. Also this isn't Jonah about- Williams. We're talking about a guy that can, for example, like if Jonah was a free agent last year, he wouldn't have re-signed with the Bengals to play right tackle. He had no choice. Tyron Smith has a choice. That's correct. And, I mean, it might have been his best opportunity anyway to come back to Cincinnati. For Jonah Williams, he didn't really capitalize on the free agent year at a high level, but he still did enough to put himself in position to be the highest paid tackle on the market, at least as projected by Brad Spielberger. Obviously it doesn't have to work out that way, but Brad's pretty good about nailing these contract projections. The amount of times when free agent deals come down, just to preface this, because we're going to be talking a lot about Brad's projections. We might have, have him to on get the him show on here. The way. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we've had him on the last couple of years, at least once or twice. Um, the amount of times free agent deals come out, and the numbers are like within a million dollars of Brad's projections is is pretty staggering. Total, like over the course of the deal, yeah, including guarantees. Like he'll he'll be bang on on guarantees. He'll be bang on on you know Brad's Brad's well sourced. Let's just say, and and that's why you should expect to see these numbers change a little bit at the combine. Brad mm-hmm. will be there. He will be talking to agents. He will be getting a better feel from NFL decision makers about what the expected market is for a lot of these players we're talking about. But the second guy on Brad's list, because Brad does these free agent lists in, in conjunction with the PFF staff, Trent Brown, Mike and Wenu, a couple of New England Patriots. Trent Brown, uh, you know, you want to have the biggest tackle duo, potentially in NFL history, would have to go look that up. Mm-hmm. Trent Brown would be your guy. And if if you wanted that position flexibility in the younger guy, 26-year-old Mike and Wenu, with experience in a lot of positions along the offensive line. Mike and Wenu would be your guy, but this goes back to our conversation in the first segment, James, about changing your plans and, and kind of pigeonholing yourself. Something you said before we started recording, if the Bengals sign Mike and Wenu, what would be their willingness to draft, say, a Latham, a Mims, a Guyton, whatever your tackle of choice is, say Olu Fashanu is available, and move in Wenu to left guard? Mm-hmm. What what would be their willingness to do that? What uh, does history tell us? It, it, they probably wouldn't be because he's going to cost a lot of money, assuming his market is what we expect it to be and project it to be. The the path to to signing on Wenu is looking at these tackles 
looking at the market at the combine, realizing who you'd target, who you wouldn't, and saying, I'm, they're not going to be there, whoever it is. Because I don't think everyone just throws out all these names. The Bengals won't be in on all of these offensive tackles that are projected to go around one. And what I mean by in on, as in willing to take them at 18, they just won't be. And, and it's happened year after year where there's guys that we discuss that they don't view that way. And, and some of those guys end up being good and some don't. And, and so it's not that they're right or wrong, but it's not like the list is the same as just offensive tackles in the 2024 class that are going to go in the first round. So could they view it and say, well, let's go get Enwenu because he's going to be better than whatever's there at 18. Fine, if they view it that way. But if they do view it that way, could you imagine if they were able to get Jackson Powers Johnson at 18 and what this offensive line would be like if Enwenu and JPJ were just inserted into a, an offensive line room that that has four starters as of now that we think are probably going to start, whether we like it or not with, with some of them. So, yeah, I think uh, that's that's what would be interesting is maybe they look at it and they say, hey, we like JPJ. We think there'll be multiple corners there that we like and maybe a defensive tackle that we like. And Let's maybe go Brock spend, Bowers. And maybe Brock Bowers. Let's go spend on right tackle and just be – be good there. If they view it that way, I won't criticize them. But I I would be surprised if they're they look at their projections and, and don't expect at least one tackle to potentially be there, at least realistically be there mm-hmm. that they could take at 18 and, and think is is worthy of the pick when they're done with all of their evaluations. Obviously, we're early in the process. And consider that they're already paying a ton of money to their offensive line. They've got one rookie contract on that offensive line. They've got at least fair market value, left tackle, center, right guard. And last year they were paying Jonah Williams on the franchise or on the fifth year option, which is not particularly cheap. It's cheap compared to a free agent deal. So maybe the increase isn't that significant, but they were already paying their offensive line a ton last year. And if they're adding a franchise tag, say for T Higgins, how does that impact how much they're willing to spend at right tackle in a draft that is expected to be loaded? The tackle at the same time, Karis you know, drops you, off after next year, so or after this year, if you want to look at it that way, too. Just throwing that out there, right? And, and at the same time, like, would you go get a guy like a uh, Yash Nijman Nijman from Green Bay, who is coming off a RFA year, didn't play all that much for Green Bay in, in 2023, didn't play all that well for Green Bay at times was a very up and down player, but would be cheap and would probably put you in a position where you would really want to have a starting tackle or, you know, a guy like George Fant or a guy like uh, Chucks Okorafor who Pittsburgh released where you're signing them to be a backup as opposed to signing a guy like Luminor, who we talked about in the first segment, who could come in, be a viable starter, be a bridge kind of player. Talk about bridge quarterbacks. He'd be a bridge tackle for a guy that you potentially could still draft in the first round. You probably want to stay flexible if you're the Bengals from a financial perspective and from the draft perspective. But that's where you talk about it from, from your angle, James, what you were just saying, where you, they could make a determination that's like, you know what, let's put ourselves in a spot where we can go a different direction in the first round. And, and that's where they would spend you know, probably twice as much at least on a guy that they would be expecting to start. Sure. And and that's the balance. And the other part of it is, again, you don't know what's going to happen with the first 17 picks. 
and that's that's something that they have to to figure out and discuss as of right now they are starting to discuss it now they don't have all the information yet but that's Mm -hmm. something that they they obviously have to look at and put together a plan and tweak the plan as they go along let's uh and we'll spend a ton of time on right tackle but let's look at probably their biggest need because i think they need multiple not just one starter but potentially multiple starters unless they bring back dj reader and that's defensive tackle we will do that coming up next Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home the win with eBay Motors. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You know, when we talk about this defensive line list, the number of players here, maybe we could have maybe we could have taken more time, is all I'm saying. For for both of these positions, because defensive tackle is one where we could see them playing at the top and bottom end of the market, top, middle, and bottom, or a lot in the middle. Like you said, a need for multiple players here. And a, a spot where the draft isn't so strong. There's a couple guys at the top, maybe three, mm-hmm. three guys at the top. The two Texas defensive tackles, uh, Devon or not Devondre, Byron Sweat. Murphy, Byron Murphy, not, yep, and Sweat, and uh, Jerzon Newton. Newton. By the way, let's just use that as an example too to hammer it home. There's at least a, a decent chance the Bengals look at those three. And let's say all three by the time draft is coming around are like, oh, first rounder, first rounder, take one at 18. And that could happen at least with two of them, with Murphy and Newton. I think they're firmly in the the 18 conversation as of now. Mm -hmm. There's a chance that they're out on at least one of them where they're for whatever reason. And I'm not saying it's right. People are going to lose their minds. We just don't know yet. And so if it's already thin to begin with, I think this will be probably their priority in free agency, at least priority one. It's finding bodies to play in the interior of that defensive line room. We know, based on their recent history, that they probably wouldn't draft either of those potential first-round guys because they don't seem to want another Geno Atkins. At least since they drafted Geno Atkins, they haven't drafted anyone with a similar profile uh, to various degrees of annoyance that have been building for me over the years. Grady Jarrett was, was one that obviously everyone talked about is making that pick. And that's a while ago now, obviously. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Maurice Hurst was one that had some medicals, but yes. kind of fit the profile. He's a free agent this offseason, by the way. So And he was good. I yeah, mean, he's still limited by he can't stay healthy, but he was good for the Browns. And he, he still has that that upside, that juice. I would absolutely sign. Absolutely sign Maurice Hurst for what it, I would expect him to get. And by the way, this is like our trench primer. We're going to spend so much time on right tackle and defensive tackle. If you're looking for it, you've you've yeah. come to the right place. So this is just the start. Plenty of time, Jake. We'll, we'll you'll hate talking trenches by the time you, Jake, will will hate talking trenches by the time we're we're done over the next few months. You, you I, I'm going to have to learn to love it. I'm going to have to learn to love it. By the way, as the well, guy. I, I mean, if it would be more fun and probably easier to love if we could legitimately talk about the potential of the Bengals signing Chris Jones, which I would all but rule Why couldn't out. we? Why couldn't we? Because it just doesn't seem like the Bengals are going to go spend, what, 60% of their free agent cash budget on Chris Jones, and that's probably what it would take. So that would mark a significant change in cash spending and, and a willingness to spend more cash over cap for them to go get Chris Jones, in addition to doing all the other things we're talking about them doing at free agency. Sure. And I think that Chris Jones could become a realistic option if they decided to not tag T and keep him on the tag. And if Because if you're getting cheap at receiver, even with a, a Jamar extension, that's not spending a lot at wide receiver. Let's just say they drafted someone. They traded T and drafted someone. So th that's one of the many conversations they have to have. But I agree. It's unrealistic. But could they make tweaks to make it happen? Sure. I also think they could say, as dominant as he is, look at the age. I don't think we're willing to make that investment for a player like that because of his age, not because he's not dominant, because obviously he's dominant. He's a game wrecker, and there aren't many game wreckers in the league. He's a guy that has an argument to be the Super Bowl MVP the last couple of years, the AFC Championship MVP when the Bengals lost to the Chiefs last year, I guess two years ago now. He's that caliber of player. Well, yeah, but, you know, last year's 2023 now. Sure, yeah. It's not, it's, so. Let's stick – it's still not the official new year yet. I right? guess the so. The new league year hasn't kicked off. We're, we're talking about, like, Less than 13 months ago. So, yeah, in real time. But this defensive tackle free agency class goes much deeper than Chris Jones. Then that's where you, you, you know, if you want to yeah, save $7 million, according to Brad Spielberger's projections, and go to Justin Matabike or save $9 million and go to Christian Wilkins or save over $13 million if Leonard Williams gets to free agency or, you know, mm -hmm bring back DJ reader or go for a double dip of Grover Stewart and Sheldon Rankins or tier tart and Sheldon Rankins or go down the list, you know, Maurice Hurst, Quentin Jefferson, Kinlaw and Shelby Harris all for the price of half of Chris Jones for four players. Well, those are some approaches the Bengals could take as I spit out a bunch of names of free agent defensive tackles. Yeah, I think I think they will do the double dip. I think that's, if I had to predict, that's probably what they do. It's like they're going to graders and they're like me, wanting that mint chocolate chip ice cream or that black raspberry chip. You've you got to get two scoops of that thing, and, and they need multiple. Give us multiple. a call, graders. 
Oh man, I would love the you're right down the street. I could fill, I would do a show from Graders. I worked at Graders, fun fact, for two weeks over a winter break when I was in college. For two weeks. I guess that makes sense because it was a winter break job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, they must have been desperate. Well, it's <laughs> like Christmas bringing shipping this rush. guy for two Christmas weeks. Shipping oh, rush. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Uh, they're going to have to hire a few more employees. <laughs> I get that double dip, man. I'll be double dipping every day. Uh, anyways, people are going to clip this and use it in different ways. Point is, is that they need multiple guys. And I think that's honestly as good of an argument as any for why they probably won't go after Chris Jones. It doesn't mean they won't go after one of these big names, but Jones is probably going to command more than than any of the other defensive tackles, of course. But it could be like Matt BK plus another quality starting defensive tackle. That's the type yeah. of money he could if, get. I if mean, you were to go by Brad's projections, you could get Matt BK and Daquan Jones or Matt BK and mm-hmm. almost Sheldon Rankins. And and you'd still like you could do according to his projections, Leonard Williams and Sheldon Rankins for less APY than one Chris Jones, who he has projected and, at 30 million per year. And so I think the Bengals, one, they're spending a lot in that defensive line room, anyways. They know that. But they probably think, all right, we got to get younger. We got to bolster the pass rush on the interior. How do we do that? And I think that's going to be open in the draft. They'll be open to a defensive tackle early, even though they haven't taken one since 1994 in the first round. But I also think that that they'll be eyeing proven guys that Lou Anarumo has identified, that the front office has identified, that Marion Hobby, the defensive line coach, really likes. And they will go after those targets to try to shore up an issue. That It's a big reason why this defense struggled as much as it did this, this season, in 2023. It's so confusing. Uh, DJ We're in Reader, that weird in-between. In, the weird in-between right now, no doubt. Yeah, DJ Reader, another name that we will continue to talk about. They will probably have more information on his recovery than anyone else, at least until free agency, and, and then it will become more publicized. But Reader has been one of the best interior defensive linemen in the NFL over the last two years when he's been on the field for the Cincinnati Bengals. He's dealt with injuries. He's coming off another quad tear. This one apparently is not as bad as the previous one that he suffered. It was later in the season, however. And so without really knowing where his recovery is, knowing that he's going into his age 30 season, that does complicate things from the Bengals' perspective. I would love to have DJ Reader back in Cincinnati. The projection for him right now, $15.25 million per year, just about half of what Chris Jones is projected to make. And you bring Reader back, you pair him with Hill, then they're probably not playing very much in the rest of this market at high dollar numbers, but you're talking, can they get Maurice Hurst? Not that they seem interested, to be honest, but can they get Maurice Hurst on his next cheap deal as a rotational guy? Can they get Shelby Harris on a one-year deal and find those one-year Reader's deals? getting 15 million? I don't know. I'm, I mean, Brad would know better than I would, is all I'm saying. I don't think he's adjusted it since the injury. He has, I think. But he also has a caveat written in there that says, we'll find out hopefully a little bit more about where he's at in his recovery, and then we'll see where this number goes. The Bengals aren't paying him $15 million per. I'll just write it down. It's They're more likely to extend T for 25 than they are pay Reader $15 million per for three years. Just, My point is just that even if they did, not you, I'm not even saying you, I'm just preparing our listeners because no, uh, that's, that's fine. That's not, 
That's my it. point is just that even if they did, compared to a Matabike or a Christian Wilkins, they could get Reader plus a guy for the same money per year, according to Brad's projections. Sure. Yeah. It's, I would be, I, I think the path for Reader is if he's going to get that, is he needs like the next Bengals, whatever team that is from 2020, to be like, man, this is a culture setter. He's going to come in. He's worth the money, even though there's the injury question. I don't think the Bengals would commit to that until he's like out there. I mean, that's that's a lot of money. I don't I don't know if they would have done it pre-injury. I don't know if TJ Reader's market is going to go particularly quickly with the injury. It, it might not. It might not, especially if that's the hope, like money-wise. Especially if there's a well, and I don't know. That's just sure. You know, we're, we're early this in the process. Really and the injury is, is a big, big question. But this is the year to to shot to sign Shelby Harris or or that kind of player. The early 30s veteran who's still playing at a high level who can be a rotational player for you who shouldn't break the bank. Brad's projecting Shelby Harris at three million dollars per year. I'd be all over that. As okay. as a as a third guy, hopefully in the interior defensive line rotation, he'd be their best third guy in quite a while, feels like, where they've been able to piece it together with with Josh Tupo and Zach Carter over the last couple of years. But Shelby Harris is a a step or two or three above those guys, depending on which guy you're talking about and which year you're talking about them. So this is a year I think for them to play in that part of the free agent market as well. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think they will. I think they're going to have to add multiple guys there. And I would be surprised. I would put the over under at three and a half. If, if I had to look at how many veteran free agent, like noteworthy veteran free agents that are going to get playing time, they sign between defensive tackle and, and right tackle. Because I think oh, three okay. is a, I think three is a minimum. And after that, yeah, three and a half would be too much for just defensive. Tackle. Yeah. But yeah. could, but could they sign three with a couple rotational pieces? And maybe I could see that. So, and reader could be one of those guys. I just don't yeah. think it'll be at three years, 45. They could do some of that with some of the lower end of the market guys, and then they might not all make the team. You could see that sort of sure. thing as no well. Doubt. There's so many interior defensive line free agents this year. There will certainly be some that we haven't talked about. Jonah Williams, the defensive tackle, also a free agent, by the way, if the Bengals want to keep a Jonah Williams on the team. Didn't mention you know Tim Settle, Sebastian Joseph Day, who we talked about during the season, Taven Bryan, some of the other kind of guys that you wouldn't expect to command a ton of money. Daquan Jones uh, coming off an injury, I believe. Raquan Davis. Uh, there's a lot of guys, is my point, at defensive tackle that we'll talk about as the free agency process continues, as we get into some offseason planning, as we get into our free agent tiering. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Until next time, thanks for listening. Hootay, and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.